and welcome to the Station Tapes on 21 Soul. I'm your host, Lewis Marks, and on this podcast, I share intimate interviews with some of the best musicians in the world. In my role at Rope Dope, I get to interview each artist as we prepare for the release of their latest record. I want to get the backstory, a sense of their intent and motivation around their new release. I found that given the opportunity, in a relaxed setting, they feel free to open up about musicianship, life, and the challenges of being a professional musician. Keyboardist Darren Johnson is a Los Angeles native. He quickly picked up work touring with Paula Abdul before being snapped up by Miles Davis to join his final touring band. But we know Darren best as a founding member of the all-star band Light Blue Movers. Together with Adrian Harpham, Gabe Gonzalez, and Jonathan Levy, Johnson has recorded two albums with the group. Their 2016 debut featured Megan McCauley, Julian Coriel, and Leia, and introduced us to the band's progressive sound. When they got together for the first time, ironically, in 2018, they went into the studio and recorded the follow-up album, Teleological Devolution, a sprawling musical commentary on life in America in this chaotic time. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Station Tapes. I am here with the great Darren Johnson from Light Blue Movers. Darren, how are you? Yeah, doing okay, thanks. Hey, yeah. All is good. All right. New Year. New Year, 2019. Here we go. Uh, yeah. the, the more <laughs> distance we can put between this and uh, tw- <laughs> anything from 2016 through 2018, the better. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. I, I, I want to talk about music, but first I want to ask you, uh, was your dad a baseball fan? Uh, yeah, you know, average, average fan. He was a sports fan. Um, and yes, uh, I'm sure I'm leading you now, but you know, to Google me, you will see a baseball player who was a fairly good baseball player he had a decent career but i think more than anything uh my dad was an average fan and just you know, more maybe a dodger fan or whatever but then uh just caught that name uh on uh on the tv screen and 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 uh, i guess just as simple as that just sort of liked the spelling yeah. and liked the name yeah, it is funny. I mean, so so I had that experience. You know, I jumped on. I was like, oh, let me let me let me just Google Darren just just to get started. And I was like, oh, yeah. wait, he's not. That's not that's not him. Um, but I do I do like yeah. the the different spelling. Um, I'm sure you've had to spell it for a lot of people over the years, though. Lots, yeah, lots and lots and lots. And I've I've since found a few uh, with my same spelling, and then. Uh, some with the exact, a few others with the exact same name as me, uh, then others with the same name, uh, first and last, but then with different spellings. So, you know, I just more and more, I mean, obviously the internet is, you know, the internet, it's just, it's, it's, uh, very much a carbon copy of this world. And, and so now I'm just seeing more and more of, uh, I'm like, Oh wow, you're Darren too. Oh wow. You know, there so you, there you go. yes, but definitely had to spell it, uh, my share over, uh, most of my school years and different things. Yeah. So we, we we came to know you through a uh, connection through the band Light Blue Movers uh, with Adrian Harpham, yeah. um, which is yeah. which is a is not just bi coastal. It's it's four four musicians in in 
three or four se- separate places, um, which is possible in this interconnected world these days. But I want to get back to a sense of, uh, you know, you, your, your, your background and growing up. How did, how did you come to music? So you're, you're from Los Angeles originally? Born and raised here. Yeah, I didn't really leave out until uh, I was in my early 20s. Um, but yes, yeah, so born and raised right, right in the heart of L.A. Can you give me a sense of, of, of how you came to music and what the community was like as you were growing up? Uh, as I was growing up, if I could remember, uh, you know, I think I think musically there was there was a, there was a lot uh, going on. Once I really got uh, to know the instrument a little bit better, uh, you know, growing up as a as a young child, I was a child. I was just playing. Uh, you know, big into sport myself. I was big into football. Uh, and that that was because of my older brother uh, who played uh, football, and he ended up playing, you know, in college and professionally for a few years. And and uh, mm. so I didn't quite make it that far. Um, but he he sort of instructed me musically. Um, you know, so just that sort of in-house uh, sort of guy you look up to. Um, and then you know, at about sixteen, uh, when I'm well into high school. I had a very bad injury, uh, my ankle, and uh, just, I guess, for rehabbing, you know, it was the piano around the house and all that. Uh, my mom got it for him, and, uh, you know, I was just tinkering it around. He showed me a few songs and that kind of thing, and then it, it somehow uh, just stuck, you know, and uh, I, I, it's kind of as simple as that, and it was like, you know, the whole the classic story, you know, when other kids are, are uh, you know, I'm over a friend's house who their parents have a piano and they're outside playing basketball, whatever. And I'm in there, you know, just on their piano trying to figure stuff out by ear. Hmm. Um, And so it started that way for about a year and a half. And then by the time I was out of high school, uh, was the time that I started to uh, study a lot harder. What was the community like? Like where, where, where did you see music and where did you meet other musicians? Um, I mean, for me, that wasn't until I was, I'd gone to a junior college, which, uh, the connection there, I was going there for, I was an art major, actually. I was big into art and commercial art and being being an illustrator, you know, when I'm I'm 19 at this point, 20. And, uh, at that time there was a guy, uh, who sort of was taking me under his wing. Uh, he, he taught me a little bit about harmonies junior college called Santa Monica junior college. And, uh, he's actually the father of another, uh, you know, infamous, uh, a pianist called John Beasley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so John's father, uh, really showed me, uh, kind of the roadmap of, or the blueprint of what music can do, uh, you know, classically basically. And, uh, it just sort of opened me up. And, uh, so from there I decided I wanted, I was craving a little bit of a four-year university feel, so I ended up, didn't get into Berkeley the way I wanted to, Berkeley School of Music, so Mm -hmm. I ended up going to uh, Cal State Long Beach, and uh, that's where, yeah, to this day, my eyes and ears and brain were blown wide open just because of the musicianship that was there, um, and uh, everybody, you know, serious about their their axes and stuff, and and, and although it was Orange County, was the county uh, down south a little bit in, uh, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, 
Fullerton and Long Beach and, and a few other uh, universities that had fantastic jazz uh, band programs. So that was really, you know, I got to travel with them. because I got, I mean, I'd only been playing about, you know, let's say three, three, a little bit over three years at that point. And, wow. uh, you know, and so, but I, I, I was studying so much and trying to learn so much. So I got to travel with these guys. And so that was the, the first time I, I really started to see what, you know, musicianship was about, what youngsters can do on the, on the instrument. Uh, a lot of woodwinds and stuff really, were, uh, players were really amazing to me. And, and, you know, so yeah, I would go to San Francisco, I'd go, you know, competitions and all that kind of stuff. But that was, that was only around that time. So yeah, when I was a lot younger, that was not there at all. So Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. I know there there are so many great names. Uh, you know, if you if you look up uh, Darren Johnson and uh, music as opposed to baseball, uh, so many <laughs> great names of people that you've played with. Uh, you know, uh, Stanley Clark, uh, Jimmy Earl, Miles Davis. I mean, but I notice in here yeah. that that uh, Carl Denson kind of comes up for, for, first on almost first on the list. Um, is, Carl, is Carl from? Is he from Los Angeles? I thought he's from. From uh, New Orleans. I don't, know, I don't know where he's born and raised. What were you going to say from where? I thought he was from New Orleans, but I, I may be mistaken. But where did you guys he, meet? He might be, but but we met up, man. Uh, you know, sort of like I was saying, this this sort of Orange County thing. Like you, you know, run into a very good crop of of players, and um, Carl at that point was would had a lot to do with. I don't know if it was Fullerton. It, it could have been another college. I can't remember. Um, but, you know, he was living down there, like, towards San Diego, but not as far as San Diego. I think he lived in El Toro, uh, California, for a number number of years, raising his kids, his wife, and all that stuff. Um, so he, along with another bass player called uh, uh, Melvin Davis, who's, mm -hmm. you know, a fantastic player, mm -hmm. Lee Rittenauer and Shaka Khan, uh, they were both... Uh, boys just you know amazing musicians running around uh, orange county and so i met them there uh, met carl and then we would get together because i loved his plan way back then and uh and then yeah he started asking me to uh you know he was doing these records playing on his records and i never really toured with him but uh but he's but yeah i'm on probably two three four of his records I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but yeah that's where i met uh, down in orange county Nice. I encourage people to look through this list. It's 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 pretty stunning, um, and I'm I'm sure that many people focus on on Miles Davis. So indulge me if you will. Um, what what what's that like? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, um, how do you? Uh, I, I guess I guess in a nutshell, I was just I was just looking at uh, this film where they were asking a dancer about uh, dancing with. Uh, Fred Astaire, and she had done a lot of movies with him and all this kind of thing. And, and she's like, yeah, to avoid the cliches of like, you know, yeah, it was great. It was intense. It was this and that and the other. I think the man behind the man at that age uh, that he was, which I caught him at like 64 and 65 is when he passed away. Um, but I caught him for about a year and a half to sort of be in his orbit. And, you know, I think it was like a dance where it was hmm. constantly keeping you on your toes, constantly uh, uh, sort of prodding you and then praising you and then prodding you again and then praising you. And, and then like, uh, you know, when I seemingly 
it would be downtime or just like, hey, let's uh, all as a group go eat somewhere or go sit in his hotel room or whatever, you know, he would inevitably start talking about uh, music again. And then he would, although he didn't like to play that sound anymore, he did like to talk about uh, those guys and how he still misses Charlie Parker or how he still misses wow. Wynton Kelly or Bud Powell, you know, so just to even hear that with no tape recorders around and, you know, mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. a bit of a drag, but, but, you know, basically it was, it was, uh, always, I always felt on my toes. I didn't feel intimidated, which is a, it's a huge, uh, attribute to him. It wasn't, I think the fandom thing, like if you just meet him as a fan or whatever, yeah, there's like, it's like right. once you get inside of the circle, then it's it's a whole other like yeah can't even imagine world. Wish you can jump into it any time, you know, kind of world, you know. But, wow. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah. It's the fan thing is not really the fan thing is not really a comment on someone's personality because it's such a limited mm. inter- it's a limited interna- interaction. Um, exactly right. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's not real. You know what I mean? It's an expectation of a of a distance. Uh, yes. that, or of no distance between you and a performer, and and then suddenly there's distance, and you're like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> well, right. it, it, you, right. you, yeah. you walk up to anybody Absolutely. and say, hey man, let me interrupt you and talk to you for five minutes, you know, when they're busy, <laughs> when they're working, you know, do that to a construction worker, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know. Nice. So, That's um, so, true. so. Ha- so Light blue movers, uh, you know, it's been such it's it's been such a wonderful thing working with Adrian Harpham, um, and it's it's this w- strange mystery to me the music uh, and the person um, and the people I should say in that you know you, you hear it first and you're like this is nice you know I like this and then the more you hear this music the the more it sort of reveals to you how, right how how did you like what's how do you do that? <laughs> and, uh, Not the best question. I'll rephrase it for you. Um, yeah. What is the process? Let's go, let's go through the process of how you and Adrian uh, uh, and Gabe and Jonathan create music, and what is your intent as you create it. Uh, for me, I could say, um, the way, the way it started was, uh, I mean, it goes, it goes kind of way back as I've known a few of these guys for many years, uh, Gabe being the, the one I've known the longest. And, uh, I call him sort of that eternal gypsy where he's always moving. He's always moving around. He's like liquid, you know? So we would do stuff, you know, 15 years ago, and then it would just sit for five years, and then we do something else, you know, so it's kind of a, a a wacky thing with him and I, so I know the two of us started when I was living in New York, just to get together for an hour, excuse me, and then, uh, you know, just improvise, work on a piece, and, you know, with the advent of all this great technology, you can edit fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I was like, yeah, no, no pressure. Let's just do that. Uh, oddly, <clears throat> you know, a few, a few years down the road, you meet a like-minded, 
you know, person or a few other people, you know. And so when Adrian came in the fold, it was it was even better for us because, um, you know, you got these two people, these two guys that just like to just throw anything down in any place or whatever and don't bother with uh, trying to really make sense out of it. But then, you know, Adrian comes in and, you know, he's like, oh, wait, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, let me just step back here and see this painting, this Jackson Pollock. You know, mm. and kind of make it into uh, something not necessarily marketable, but just something that we aren't hearing, you know. And then I think the first few times we did that, and I actually heard something back that that went through the the, the, the Harpum filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh wow, man. Okay, so this is how it's done, you know. Not to compare yourself with you know Bitches Brew, or not to compare yourself with some of these other records that were sort of, um, you know, or, or, or the way Bowie would write lyrics, you know, cut-ups or whatever. So that that thing was like, it's outside of ourselves, it's subconscious, you know, it had, it's, it's uh, bigger than all of us. So I think that's, that was the direction. I was like, whoa, man, more of this, more of this, more of this. Mm-hmm. And how do we bottle it as quick as we can, you know? So <laughs> that was sort of, uh, you know, the impetus is just like, let's, let's do our thing and then throw it into the blender of somebody we, we really trust. That's, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people who, you know, we listen to music and, and we, we read about writing or, or improvising, but, uh, and I think there's even some, some musicians who, you know, set when a young musician sets out and I'm like, well, I know how to play and I've written a couple songs, but it's, but it's, but it's getting that full, vision whether it's arrangements or the or the production itself and and turning it into something bigger yeah um that's right something bigger that's yeah. exactly it yeah um and and it's great when a band kind of you know bounces things can work collaboratively like that and and end up with yeah. something bigger um i want to know i didn't ask you this before i didn't i didn't ask adrian either but what in the heck does teleological de-evolution mean <laughs> wrong person to ask there man that's that was oh boy yeah gabe and uh <clears throat> and adrian i think just really a throwing words in a blender and then b again trying to uh um you know as as basquiat or anybody else would do just sort of yeah same sort of approach you know it's like well ah. okay oh now the sum of those words means more than what we ever thought it would mean, you know? So a, a meaning, I would say, ask Adrian on that one. You got it. I will, I'll bring it around. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hesitating, uh, and, and, and it's been out for, for a little bit now, but I, I refuse to Google the words independently. Uh, I, I think I'd rather just wait until I fully understand uh, the, the whole picture and the sound. Um, and that's an album that you you guys are rarely together, but you happen to be together in the studio in Los Angeles, right? Um, and and just went in. Was it one day? And just laid all that down, or was it a couple we did, days? Uh, we 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 did we did it in, the, in a couple of uh, days. I thought it was about. I thought it was at least two. Um, yeah, there was a friend of ours uh, who has a great uh, studio, and he's an amazing musician, uh, Julian Coriel as, as as well, and he has this great place in Venice. So we went in, decided to say, you know, like not let's start this project uh, all together, and then from there, 
you know, the usual, we could overdub or we could edit and do different things like that. But what happened, I thought, when we were there over those few days um, was immediately something that was, was pretty special. Um, mm. And um, we went through that same process where you're, you know, at agents throwing me files, I'm throwing him files, you know, but he did more than the bulk of, of, uh, of you know, editing and mixing and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I thought that it had everything that it was easier for somebody like Adrian to work with because everything was there. I mean, sonically, right from the get go, the sounds were great. We were in a space. <clears throat> we had hung out a few days prior. We played a show uh, uh, here at the Hotel Cafe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so we were on that sort of simpatico vibe. Um, and that all sort of obviously assisted uh, and aided in, in this thing being, uh, you know, a pretty cool project from the get-go. Uh, and I think that's what you need uh, to have, you know, when you're writing a screenplay or anything else. You just need to have, like, your theme or your, your just the crux of this thing. And I think we had it when we left that studio after a few days, you know. So. Wow, wow. I, yeah. I, I'm fascinated with the numbers. Uh, you know, a lot of people in within the Robodo family, musicians, have have all commented uh, on, on that record as as a favorite. So, I, encur Man, I encourage awesome. people to listen. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I encourage people to take several listens to to get in and fully understand the depth of this music. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Darren Johnson, uh, I want to say thank you so much for for making music and. Uh, for uh, trusting us over here at Rope It Up with your work. And uh, yes. thank you for joining me today. Awesome, man. I'm so glad, Lewis. I love your questions and what you're about, obviously, as well. And I don't see you as much, but uh, love to have another coffee or two with you one of these days. February 8th and 9th, I will be in Los Angeles. So let's make that happen. Oh, love it. Okay, man. Sounds good. Done deal. Well, that's our show for the week. Thanks for listening to The Station Tapes. If you like what we do, please subscribe on Mixcloud at 21 Soul. And you can also find us on Stitcher, Apple, and Spotify. Our 21 Soul video series features in-person interviews, music discussion, and live performances. And you can find that on YouTube at Ropeadope99. Big thanks to our producer, Nick Perry. Our general manager is Fran DeRubo. The Station Tapes theme song is from Red Hook Soul by Michael Blake. And big thanks to all the people who keep the flame burning, to all the musicians who pour their creativity into the world, and thanks to those of you who are taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoy the show.